Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2000 meter time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. Today's session is a bottom tier row that works perfectly as a stand-alone fitness building fat burning session. You're going to do 4 times 10 minutes with 90 seconds rest at 20 strokes a minute and your pace is going to be 2k plus 18. Now I'm also suggesting this is the redux of week 1 session 5 of the 2k plan. In that one we did 3 times 12 minutes at the same pace but today we're doing 4 times 10. Now if you don't know what I mean about 2k pace then please do check out the baseline testing video on the channel. But basically what it means is you average your 2k time and then you add 18 seconds to it. So if your average time was 1 minute 45 to do a 2k then you would be rowing this at 2.03. Now, the other kicker today that's going to be interesting is I'm going to play around with drag factor. Now, we're always told to set our drag factor, leave it there, and then we should never move it again. Whereas today, I'm going to try something different. Now, what I've done is I've done a test at what my drive speed is like when I'm doing a 2K test. Now, I know that it's, according to ERG data, 2.15. So, what I want to do is I'm going to do the first 10 minutes with my drag factor set at my race drag factor, which is around about 135. But in the second 10 minute interval, I'm going to lower the drag factor to a point where I am able to still row at the correct pace. Are you following me here? <laughs> I'm still going to row at the correct pace of 2K plus 18, but my drive speed is the same that I do when I'm doing a 2K test, okay? So what that means is I'm going to have to lower my drag factor all the way down to 90 in order to be able to row at the same drive speed, but still be at 2K plus 18. Right, does this make sense? You don't have to follow along with me on this one. Obviously, I've sprung it on you, so unless you read the description first, you won't have any idea that this was going to happen. <sighs> anyway, let's get into some rowing, shall we? Right, so let's start off with a four-minute warm-up. We, we set up our machine first. Now, set your drag factor to wherever you want it to be. If you don't know about drag factor when I'm talking about this stuff, then please check out the video about it on the YouTube channel. Next up, go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, foot strap should cover either the bottom lace in your shoe or regardless where you set them, they should let you comfortably come forwards so that your shins hit a vertical position. You don't want to go past vertical and you don't want to not be able to get to vertical. You want to get to vertical, okay? Oh, I don't think I took a breath that whole time there. So, warm up, 18 strokes a minute to start and I want you just to ease yourself into this one. In three, two, one, let's go. So when I mean, when I say ease, I mean ease. So just worry about connecting with your legs connecting with your arms and maybe just try and think about the timing making sure that as you push with the legs at exactly the same time that's when the handle connects with the flywheel so for this first minute don't worry about power just worry about your muscles firing a little bit and the timing of the connection with your feet and your arms and hopefully in the process your heart rate will increase your muscles will start to warm up 
and your body will ease off. Okay, so we're almost a minute gone. If you want to add a little bit of pace now, please do. We're at 18 strokes a minute, so I wouldn't suggest going much past 2K plus 20 for your pace. After all, like I say, this is just a warm-up. We're not racing. Oh, a piece of fluff just flew on my nose. Hang on. Oh, where'd that fluff come from? Is this old age? It's probably just cat hair. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I'm easily distracted by shiny things and soft fluffy things it seems. Okay, in three strokes time, we're gonna do our single leg drills. It's up to you whether you wanna take both feet out of the straps, but put one of them on the floor and continue rowing. Taking both feet out just makes the transition between legs easier. So you're just continuing rowing as though you've got two feet in, in terms of technique. But obviously, you've got one foot on the floor. So, things are different. Swap over your feet. Then continue. Now for the next drills, it's up to you whether you continue with your feet out, if you've taken them out of the straps, or whether you just want the added security of going back into the straps again. We'll see what I mean when we get into the drill. If you don't know what I'm on about, put both feet back into the straps again. One more. Okay, both feet in, legs nice and straight, and then roll with your back and arms. And really think about this hinging backwards, backwards and forwards of your hips. Even if the timing of your arms are slightly wrong, I'm more concerned about you're getting that sensation of rocking backwards and forwards over your hips with a good posture. Right, and then the opposite of this, roll to the front, straight arms, and then just press out from the front. And this is again when you're trying to get the timing right of your foot connecting with the foot plate and then the handle with the flywheel. That's all you're really concerned about here, so don't worry about pushing back too far, especially if you're not in your straps, because then you're gonna go flying off the back of the machine. One more. A nice big stroke to finish. Alrighty then, so it's the end of the warm-up. I will take my hoodie off and then I'll have a quick drink. You keep moving up and down the rail and I'll quickly just say one more time what it is we're doing today. If I can do it quickly, of course. <laughs> Just a quick reminder that these podcasts are taken from the videos that I host on YouTube. If you want to see what I'm doing rather than just listen, then check out Row Along on YouTube or head to rowalong.com. 
Okay then, so today's session is four times 10 minutes with 90 seconds rest in between. If you wanna go ahead and program your monitor to that, you should be okay. We might end up around about one second out of sync depending on when we stop and start intervals, but it should be all right. However, it is also gonna be programmed on the ErgZone app, so you should find it there, and that will take all of the button pressing on the monitor out because you can just use your app, boosh, if you've got a PM5. Pace-wise, well, we're doing this at 20 strokes a minute and your pace is gonna be 2K plus 18. Now, the trick here is that for me anyway, what I'm gonna do is that the first interval, I'm gonna have my drag factor set at my race drag factor. So when I'm doing a 2K, that's where my drag factor's gonna be. But the second interval, I'm gonna lower it all the way down so that the drive speed that I'm doing is the same as my 2K drive speed, but I'm keeping my pace at that 2K plus 18. It all does does kind of make sense. I'll write it in the description exactly what it is that I'm on about and I'm sure I'll have posted elsewhere as well. You don't have to worry about following along with me doing that. You can just keep your drag factor at the same place and do all four intervals. I'll just talk to you as I'm going through this. This is basically the first time I've ever tried this. So we're going through this together where I'm like, is this gonna work or is this not gonna work? So we'll find out together, all right? So I've been talking way too long. Have one last drink before we start to get going. So our first 10 minute interval, 20 strokes a minute at race drag factor for me in three, two, one, let's go. So one stroke every three seconds for your 20 strokes per minute. So you can just look at your monitor and count down at threes, in three, sorry. And then your pace, that's just to be 2K plus 18. It is a good way to train, tacking it onto your 2K current time. It's the way that everyone can kind of train together with the same intensity. And it's how these programs kind of work for everybody. It's not like I'm saying to you, I want you to row at two minutes pace. I'm saying I want you to row at your 2K pace plus a certain amount of time. Ah, oh, right. How long shall we? Well, let's just get, let's talk a little bit technique. I was just gonna, the silence there was me trying to work out, should I explain today's methodology in more detail or should I talk a bit about technique? I'm guessing technique's probably more valuable to you for the time being because quite frankly, maybe you either don't care or don't agree with what I'm doing with Drag Factor today. The truth is I'm constantly trying to evolve and learn different ways to not only row for myself, but also to give you some row along workouts. I mean, if you can compare the workouts I'm doing now to the ones that I did right at the very start of this channel when, when I was PDP rather than roll along. You'll see 
not only have the actual videos evolved in how I make them, but quite a lot of the things that I say are slightly different now. Even down to that push don't pull thing, where I kind of came to realize that just saying push don't pull was kind of dangerous because it uses the phrase don't pull and you need to still pull when you're rowing because the point is when you get into the front of the machine ready for your stroke what you're doing is you're pushing the machine away with your legs okay you push and that's really the only force you need to think about putting into the machine at the front is this push and that's where the push don't pull thing comes in because you'll find a lot of rowers when they get to the front they'll instantly pull with the arms and that causes quite a lot of power leaks for their stroke so you push for the legs with straight arms making sure to really engage those legs by pushing into the footplate however once you get to can run about just past halfway on the leg drive you swing your back from a forward position into a backward lean and at that point I really want you to pull I think it's something that gets kind of relegated to an afterthought if you're constantly just hearing the push don't pull, push don't pull mantra over and over again because you do need a good strong finish so you pull the handle in squeeze your shoulder blades together as though trying to crush a tin can between them then you send your elbows through your sides and try to keep your wrists nice and flat as you do so now there's one point where quite a lot of technique between indoor rowing and on the water rowing can deviate because on the water rowers will tend to flare out their elbows at the back because of how the oar comes into a finish it's kind of the only way they can do it whereas because we are just attached to a chain 
we don't really have to worry about the physical mechanics of rowing with an oar but a good strong finish and then try and get that handle up at run about sternum height what I discovered is the same height that I wear my heart rate monitor which is why I bashed my way through the Wahoo ticker when I used to use it but fortunately I learned from my mistake and I now sit my polar one slightly higher up but anyway the handle comes into sternum height brass wrap height really and then ideally as an indoor rower you just send it straight back out at the same height again okay so you're really not adjusting the height of the handle by much from the start of the stroke to the finish then back to the start again again you'll see on the water rowers who will row and tap down and then come up tap down up it's for a very good reason really just getting the oar in and out of the water but again as indoor rowers we don't have to worry about that all we have to worry about is efficiency and trying to do the things that keep our technique as powerful as possible and I'll talk, well I'll probably talk anyway, about posture later and the importance of having a powerful posture for power transfer and kind of injury prevention and if you can hold yourself and the handle in pretty much the same plane through the whole stroke that's going to go a long way to keeping your posture nice and powerful and not leading to kind of a crumple zone whereas if you were to do that tap down what can happen is that you crumple you bend from the lower back as you go low and then at the front you end up leaning back way too soon which you don't want to do all right last stroke there we go right so I've already done my test so I know I have to put the drag factor kind of three quarters of the way up the number two <laughs> I'm such a child <laughs> hang on 
Uh, if we flashing it, okay. Yeah, in order to get the right drag factor to hit the drive speed I want and to be able to hit the same pace as before, then I lower it down to 90 drag factor, which I did a test and that's kind of three quarters of the way up the number two. So the point being here that I'm now going to be rowing with a drive at the same speed as if I was doing a 2K, but then my recovery will then be slightly slower than I was doing just then because my drive speed is going to be slightly faster than I was doing just then. But the point being that mechanically, I'm going to be rowing at the same speed as I would be for my 2K pieces. So this should be beneficial from that point of view. What's going to be interesting is to see what my heart rate's like. Finished there at 75% of max. So let's see what happens this time. The next interval starting in five seconds. Four, three, two, one, let's go. So same thing again. And I'm just trying to hit. Two, oh, three, which is my 2K plus. 18. It certainly feels a lot lighter and actually, there you go, it's a little bit more concentration because I'm not used to rowing anywhere near this drag factor. The last time I rode at a drag factor of 90 I think it was right after I'd had an accident with a meat knife and had cut through my knuckle and then as I was recuperating from surgery and things for that I had to row at a super low drag factor I mean this is a good time to explain really that just because I've dropped the drag factor down to 90 that my lever is now at two and three quarters I'm still putting in the same amount of power as I was before with 130 drag factor in the lever between five and six. The difference is this time I'm doing a much, well, in relation anyway, a much faster drive in order to lay in exactly the same power as I was before. I mean, I don't know how good your headphones are or whatever speakers you're listening to, but the sound of my flywheel 
has changed quite dramatically. You can hear it's spinning a lot faster and slowing down a lot less because there's less air resistance and less drag. Now, I don't really know whether I'd want to do a 2K race at this drag. I think I'd probably spin out, to be honest. But it's definitely interesting. Heart rates currently 61% of max. So with just under six minutes to go, it'll be interesting to see if there's any cardio difference between the two. Certainly feels less muscular. It's like less like I'm loading up my back. But then I do worry that because of that, that I'm swinging my back too soon. But to be honest, I'm not gonna be able to tell that until I get this video back into the edit suite and look at what my form was like, compare the two intervals. But the key is still just the same here for what I was saying in the warm-up. In fact, it may be even more paramount at these low drag factors that you get the timing right for your feet pushing and the handle connecting with the flywheel because there's a real kind of small margin of error here where if I pushed too soon with my feet before connecting with the handle and therefore my butt scooted away wasting kind of six inches worth of drive length It's such a low drag factor when I'm trying to get the speed up. That six inches would be massive. And it's the same with the connection with the handle. If I was to pick it up too soon before 
putting power in from my legs. That little hiccup would actually, at this drag factor, slow the wheel down by quite a fair bit. So just getting in and connect and push at the same time is vital here. And a lot of that comes down to making sure your arms are nice and straight to the same length every stroke so that mechanically you can get used to the timing but also this is where the importance of that forward body lean comes in because again it sets up your hand position in a consistent way from stroke to stroke in order to get the timing of picking up the flywheel bang on with your leg drive and again especially at this drag factor when trying to produce the right drive speed the importance of a solid firm powerful push with the legs can't be overestimated you have to make sure and really drive into those foot plates and then keep your feet connected for the duration of the legs driving to make sure that the power is surging into the machine you're not just stabbing at the front you're really laying that power in but although the power from your legs will drop off as you go through the stroke that's okay okay two one great stuff now 84% of max I finished that one so first one I was 75% of max that one was 84 now what I'd been reading about this is a technique I'm going to stick it back up to my race drag factor what I've been reading about in this technique is that lowering the drag factor what you're looking to do is to get it to a point where you're able to work in the UT2, the lower heart rates whereas by lowering the drag factor and trying to match my training pace with my drive speed actually what I've done there 
is I've completely blown and I'm almost in the kind of zone four at 84%. It does say 80, yeah, it definitely says 84. So it's not quite got the results that were expected from a heart rate training zone point of view. I mean, it's hit what I'm trying to do from a drive speed and pace point of view, but my cardio is completely blown. That's one to discuss later, I think. Okay, interval three is in five seconds. Four, three, two, one, let's go. Okay, so back up at my race drag factor. And the first thing I can tell you is that this feels like I'm rowing a, a boat out on the river. This feels massively heavy. It's worthwhile doing this experiment just so you can feel this difference between the low drag factor and this one. Now in case you're wondering, according to ERG data, my drive speed up at 130, 135 drag factor in order to hold 203 is around about 1.8 so a lot slower than the pace the drive speed that I was having to do at the lower drag factor which stands to reason doesn't it Not entirely sure what today's takeaway will be. There's certainly value in doing the low drag factor stuff in terms of tightening up your timing and probably mechanically rowing at the same drive speed that you do for a 2k race but so far the benefits from a heart rate training point of view are not there so less about me more about rowing kind of talked about that drive and the connection making sure the timing's right but so much comes down to that position here at the catch making sure you're able to get that timing right and also, when you do, making sure that the power flows into the machine in a nice uninterrupted way. And by 
interrupted, what I mean is you want the leg drive to transfer into the handle without anything else fighting against it. So, for instance, right at the beginning when I said about straight arms and not wanting to fight the power and grab early. That's what I mean. If you pull too early on the handle, then not only are you reducing the amount of pull that you then have available at the end here, but you're also fighting against and soaking up power from your legs. So you might think that if you were pushing with everything you've got from your legs and pulling early, that you're kind of getting 100% power from your legs plus a cheeky 10% from your arms. But actually, you're robbing yourself of 10% power at the back of the stroke. And because your arms are soaking up power from your legs, you're actually only getting like 80 or 90% efficiency out from your legs. You may have heard it described that you get like 50% power from the legs. This is through the stroke. So 50% of your power comes from the legs. 30% comes from that point when you swing your back from a one o'clock to 11 o'clock. And then 20% comes from your arms at the back. Well, by fighting the leg drive, you're actually like 40% legs, maybe still 30% arms, sorry, back, and then only 10% arms. So you're putting in only 80% of the power you could be. Anyway, but posture helps to keep that power up too. So when you're at the front of the machine, I want you up and on your sit bones, okay? So rock forwards, onto your sit bones, hips tilting forwards, and your back nice and powerful. 
you're not stiff as a board but you're powerful braced core is ready to take the power through your mid and lower back are braced but not rigid and you're ready to let that power from your legs just travel through those braced muscles through your loose at first and then braced arms as you drive and the power should just transfer through uninterrupted two things to add to that though are make sure to hold your forward lean as you drive okay so forwards and then halfway swing which is why I was saying before about an early backswing being bad because you lose a whole bunch of power and a whole bunch of power efficiency but the other thing to say is don't don't put the handle in a chokehold you want nice relaxed arms you want an open palm with your fingers hooked over the handle rather than gripped tight which just causes tension and more power leaks I prefer thumbs under the handle from a power transfer point of view even though loads of people row with thumbs on top alright two more strokes one more oh. yeah I find thumbs under power just goes in a straight line thumbs on top of the handle I feel it kind of goes down then through my upper forearm through that tendon that you get tennis elbow from then into my hands so in order to protect myself against tennis elbow I put my thumbs under right back down to two and three quarters and so my heart rate on that one was 87% so it was up again 84% at the end of the second interval and up again at the end of the third now we're only taking a minute and a half rest so it could well be that this is just a cardiac drift but I think there's probably more to it than that uh, that's why these minute and a half rests are here over the spread over the 40 minutes it's what keeps it down at a bottom tier intensity in terms of how your body feels because my body doesn't feel tired it's just my heart rate's up and again 
This is percentage of max as far as ARG zone is concerned. It's about 10% out for my actual max heart rate. Right, final interval starting in five seconds. Three, two, one, go. And I'm rowing through air again. <laughs> Does take a second for the monitor to realize that I'm rowing at a lower drag factor now. Like it was first couple of strokes going way too fast, then it dropped right down. Okay. I think that's when we got stroke timing right. Went a power with the leg drive. But it does feel a bit more like 18 strokes a minute because of the amount of recovery time for each stroke. But that's good because the recovery is actually something that a lot of people get fundamentally wrong. The biggest issue that you see is people lifting their knees too early and having to lift the handle over it. Kind of like that. Don't worry if your video monitor is off to the side or you're listening to a podcast. I'm sure that you can imagine what I was doing, but usually the cause of those knees coming up too soon is people tugging themselves forwards on or with the foot straps. So if you were to pull yourself forwards, instantly your knees will pop up. And what's not good about that is not necessarily the knees coming up. It's actually more that by doing that, it rolls your hips backwards, tucks your tailbone underneath you. And if you remember when I was talking about posture and rocking forwards and backwards over your hips, and that you want your hips in a forward tilted position. Well, if you pull on the foot straps and your knees pop up, then your hips roll back and that posture 
is completely demolished. And in order to get back into that forward lean position at the front, you're gonna have to do some weird maneuver involving muscles and tendons that you really don't need to be using. So the key for recovery is that when you finish pulling the handle in at the back of the stroke, send it straight back out at the same pace that you brought it in at. And that's important from a stroke rhythm point of view. Just remember, everything on the rowing machine is about rhythm. It's all a dance. You're just gliding forwards and backwards. You're going backwards a little quicker when you're going forwards. So it's like a syncopated tango. But the point is that you're flowing with rhythm from phase to phase. None more so important than finish out, in out with the handle. Because sending the handle out nice and quick, but not jerky, is what not only gets your arms prepped into that straight position, but it kicks off the momentum for your body to rock over your hips again. And so once your arms are straight and your upper body has rocked over into that one o'clock position again, your hands will be past your knees and then all you have to do is bend your knees and you will effortlessly slide forwards. No muscles needed to get you back to the front of the machine again. Ready for the next stroke. And as long as you get that timing right, it should mean that you don't have to do anything weird that might introduce a little pause 
at the front of the machine. Because ideally, in the same way that I say I want you to get your handle in and out without pausing and without rushing, I want you to do the same at the front. So in, push, forwards, push, forwards, push. So you really want to minimize the wait time from going forwards to then driving out from the front. Gives you maximum recovery time and stops things like butt scoops, which is my major problem, is that I hold the catch position for a fraction of a second and that sends my butt sliding back slightly before I connect with my legs and arms which I said before loses me drive length and therefore power into the stroke all right five four three two one there we go didn't forget anything today i hope and again, heart rate was up, finishing at 91%. So I went from 75, 84, 87, 91. So I'm going to say jury is out for whether lowering the drag and holding the pace has any kind of benefit guide towards UT2 training. If anything, it pushed me harder by lowering the drag and trying to hold the pace. So either more reading required on my part or uh, maybe my methodology was wrong, who knows? Answers on the postcard. In the meantime, let's do a two minute cool down, okay? In three seconds, three, two, one, go. So I can keep my drag factor down because it'll help with the cool down. Remember, I'm just down at 18 strokes a minute right now. Pace, around about 2K plus 30. I'm just engaging with legs and arms enough to help my muscles kind of slowly come to a stop instead of just completely stopping and wandering away. What's for dinner tonight? What's pasta bake tonight? Mmm, 
I do like a pasta bake. It's been a while since I've discussed my dinner plans. I'm going off brand. I should really start thinking about what today's closing hashtag will be as well. Recent rows of sat here wasting both of our time while I try to work out what the hashtag should be. Huh. I think I've got an idea for anyway. So, hope you enjoyed the experiment of today's row, whether you did it with me or not. Would be interesting to find out, to be honest, and how you found it. But even if you kept it at your race drag factor the whole way through, four times 10 minutes at 2k plus 18, it's still a fantastic workout. One that's going to make me look forward to my pasta bake. There you go, two minutes done. So, Definitely a good bottom tier row. I think for me, probably, it maybe nudged its way into a mid-tier because of those, just because of the spikes to my heart rate. I think, I don't think I can really say a 91% heart rate would have been still into bottom. Even though muscle-wise, that totally didn't feel like it was a tough workout. I think cardio-wise, it definitely shifted it, which I think is kind of the point of this, is to give you that kind of cardio workout. I'll read more into it. I should really have done that first without experimenting on you but hey listen like i said in whatever interval i kind of i, I want to keep on evolving and learning and trying different things just to see whether it helps our rowing i certainly think rowing at a low drag factor has its place i think a session like that really proves it that it, from a technique point of view a cardio point of view and things i think it really does have its have its place quite whether what i was expecting from a um, I expected that, I mean, UT2 heart rate would be, what, around about 65% of max. Um, and so for me to have finished at 91, even if that's the erg zone, which is overblowing it, so that was actually around about 81 maybe, that's still massively out of the UT2 range, so not quite what it's supposed to be. However, the point is, is that I'm not trading to heart rate, that was just interesting, I'm trading to pace. So the fact that it was a 2K plus 18 means it was still perfect for what I was intending for today, okay? So I'm not trying to undo and, <laughs> and re-caveat today's row, it was still fantastic how it's supposed to uh, be laid out. So anyway, so whether you did this as a standalone or whether this was your um, session 5, did I say here, yeah, um, of the 2K plan or, or however you've used it, I do hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I do like to use a, ha a hashtag at the end just because um, it proves that you got this far. And I think we're just going to have hashtag low drag, okay? So just hashtag low drag can be today's just to kind of say that you got to the end. And no cheating and fast forwarding all the way to here just so you can um, hear that. But anyway, uh, do make sure and check out um, all the other row along workouts I've got in here or the little information videos. I literally just uploaded one about heart rate monitors, which I'm hoping people will uh, find interesting. And I'm gonna keep on trying to make a few of them as well as the row along workouts, which are of course the core of this channel. I will never stop making them. You keep watching, I'll keep making. That's a good deal, isn't it? All right, then. Thanks very much for watching this one. Stay safe. Be well. Bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.